this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Brutal Total Fear, the only podcast that doesn't submit to terror, we make the terror. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 13, Chapter 52. Uh, this is it. This is the big one. I got the fear sweats from that intro. I got the and fear from, sweats from the episode, from man. The state of the, the, from, from the State of the Union at the end of things. Christ. This... I don't know how much you want to get into it right off the bat, but I feel foolish for thinking they wouldn't stoop to these sink to these depths to it, this level it is breath i mean if you have to visit if you have to replay the never will they ever game now uh-huh like i can't remember who and we're going to talk about in the feedback but someone is openly questioning whether the the button will be pushed before season five i don't think you can take it off the table certainly i mean if he's willing to go to war to preserve the presidency, uh, yeah, his 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 office in the presidency, yeah. yeah I, what wouldn't he do? Supr- I mean, you could be heading for supreme dictator for life let, uh, land here. I mean, it's <laughs> might be a stretch. Why be a stretch. subverting the entire constitution? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're declaring war to bury a scandal, but but it's public, right? Like that would be public. Everyone would know. Oh, he's exceeding his terms in office. Uh, he's Becoming an emperor instead of a dictator. Well, instead but I'm of saying a it's like literally president. the Palpatine playbook. I've I've launched nuclear bombs. Uh huh. And like maybe it's a like that's maybe it's a false the flag type useless. of deal. Yeah, it's you know I I need more emergency wartime powers. Blockaded Naboo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, m- maybe that that seems still seems like a, a stretch. But if you had asked me, will Frank declare war? To stay it's, in power, I probably would have said I'm not certain about that. It's just always instructive to look back at the country's history and what, like, you know, what rights got suspended during the Civil War and how we imprisoned a whole bunch of United States citizens uh, in World War II and how right. there are people talking about, you know, registering and denying entry of anyone of, of Muslim descent in the country. Like, I don't know what you can say is and isn't possible with the right set of circumstances. I mean, like we're one subverting di- the election process entirely. Just not having an election doesn't. It doesn't seem like you could get away with that. Yeah, but I always like to think what what would the, what happens the day after a dirty nuke goes off in sure. New York yeah. City or L.A. Like this country, we want to strike back. It's fuck. Well, and and not only that, but we take what's ret- left of our like Fourth Amendment rights and. Uh, just completely destroy it to, in order to, to be strike safe. back, sure, yeah. and and also to be safe. I think that's more than anything. What everyone wants is to be yeah, safe. I and so. I, so I'm th- saying, like, what if I'm not saying that Frank is going to be like wear the black hood and play the imperial march uh, and just you know electrocute the entire press corps 
in the Rose Garden. I'm saying that he... Press like, Corps? I guess it would be at that corps. point. <laughs> <laughs> the Press Corps. Uh, not even reading it. It just came out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know what the ceiling for Eve, especially... Yeah. I asked last episode, would he do a false flag operation? Like a not, Hell yes, he would. Hell yes, he would. Yeah. Like, he might not be pushing a nuke. He might just be nuking a U.S. city and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how... I would love to see them try to plausibly pull that off because, again, you know, what are you going to do? Tell like a CIA, get the CIA on the phone and be like, "Hey, I got an operation for you. Why don't you take this briefcase?" Right. Like that—that's—that's that's one of the r- real reasons I have a, a hard time believing any kind of conspiracy because I just don't—I don't think in the real world you can get a dozen people together and have them do something like that and it not get out. Yeah, he was kind of lucky that they didn't get this guy back from the terrorists. Sure. Uh, because that gave him an opportunity to do this, whereas he might have had to manufacture or at least try to manufacture something. I mean, it would have been not so it. if this if 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 the, you know, the Miller the dad, the, the Miller dad, yeah. if he escapes or, or gets out of there, you're right. Like I th- still think I still think well, Francis goes for. I still think he goes for the war. Yeah. Just on the, the hey, they they've committed an act of war on on U.S. soil. Yep. But it's a lot le- without that imagery of the guy getting his head cut off on TV and YouTube and whatever. It seems like it's a harder thing to sell. Right, and like I think now it's too late. Now that he's declared the war, like he said, look, we're not going to stop this, no matter whether he's given back alive, whether you kill him, sure, whatever. Now it's a matter of principle, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, now he's not going to turn back, regardless of that guy's fate. But had that guy been saved before he declared this publicly, it might have made he would have had no reason to do that, and it so. would have, yeah, it would have, um, or or a less substantial reason, I guess. Yeah, and I he think it would give it. it would give Congress a lot more cover to oppose him. Yeah. So, I, man, I was blown away by the end of this episode, frankly. Yeah. So do you want to talk about our overall season four thoughts or wait until we get done with the meat of the episode? Uh, let's do the episode first. So I was trying to tease out if you saw what was coming with the big reveal of what Claire and Frank's plan was last episode. And it sounded like, like you, you no. were, like me, you were flat-footed when we get this Armadi or Amadi uh, situation where uh-huh. they have, you know, they, they they did this all slyly in the last few episodes. They talked about how they captured him, but they don't really mention him again. And now you got this guy yeah. getting released, and and he's face to face with uh, Claire. And you're like, oh god, I know who this is. And now you start to see this plan that they're trying to put in in, in motion, mm-hmm. which is essentially Frank. Uh, playing hardball with the American terrorists. They're saying, if you release the Millers, we'll release uh, Ar- Armani. Wait, not Armani. <laughs> no, it's one of those. Armani, Armani, Amadi. I can't, Amadi. Tell, is can't that, tell what it, they were saying. It is. But yeah, no, it's like uh, Frank's doing this just because he wants a discount on suits. Uh, but I like that rapid fire negotiation they went in, where he's like, "You've got ten seconds. We'll uh-huh. we'll we release no one until you're you release all three, mother and daughter, all three, father and mother." And he's like, it, it, "It's felt pretty cool." Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was playing hardball, and yeah. I like to see Frank play some hardball. Yeah. Uh, there there was a lot of um concern about this Conway thing and the lying. And they kind of unleash that right off the bat here. Yeah. And then that just totally gets subverted by the other news, the other story that's running. <laughs> I will say that even though I don't think Conway was a was the match for Frank, it's almost like Frank is 
kind of half fighting himself at this. He's right. fighting his old yeah. scandals coming back. So Conway, and that's a that's a believable way forward that yeah. the the hero's own machinations start folding in on him. So even though he's against a lesser foe, it's still a fair fight because he's now distracted by all this stuff. And I thought that actually worked surprisingly well. Uh-huh. Also, I felt like even though I said last episode I thought Conway had gone too far to like the evil side, I like how they played him in this where. He's just overwhelmed. I mean, have you ever had a bad day where you just snap at people and are dick and there's no justification for it? It just kind of happens. Yeah. Hardly none of us shaking our heads, yes, have had a day as bad as this guy's day is gone. Right. He's under a lot of pressure. This this election is kind of ruining his life in some ways. His his family life. I can't imagine what it's like to run as president and then lose. It's kind of like the same way I feel about whenever you see the Super Bowl team, the losers. It's like you've planned all year for this. You came so close, and you you lose. And like how all the preparation and that's and your, work that's and... been your life for sometimes you know two years. You've been can't, working towards this and, and kissing ass and, and raising money and betraying your principles and you know having people right. with microscopes up your ass all the time. Like it, it's got to be a mind fuck. And as governor, how much of that blows back on you when you go to run for governor again? Yeah. You know, like I assume he still has his job as governor, but for how much longer? I, I, I guess, I guess it's. I, I wish uh, I could have done with him out without. I think this still would have worked, and maybe worked better if he wasn't so sleazy behind the scenes. Like if mm-hmm. he was still more well-meaning, but just Frank out maneuvers him and puts him in these traps. I, I thought that would have been more interesting, but, you know, whatever. By the time Conway's, like, threatening to smack around his wife and kids, yeah. I'm like, okay, I can see. And really, all he did is lose his cool and blow up at him. Yeah, he shouted once at his kids, and he called his wife weak. Uh, or or insinuated that she was weak. Yeah, I've, I've blown uh, up at my kid because I was too hot and sweaty after packing up a whole bunch of camping gear. Right, you know? right. <laughs> I didn't have a four-star general. It doesn't make me think that he's a bad father or a bad husband, necessarily. It just makes me think this is all getting to him. It somehow humanized him, honestly. (laughs) Right. Like, okay, this is like... Because he isn't all just slick smiles and plotting, you know? Sure. So I've gone, like, kind of back around with him. Um, Let's talk about this uh, Amani guy. Uh, He's played by this guy named Farshad Farhad, and I... and I want he's he had a bit part in um uh that Ben Affleck movie, not Syriana. What the hell was that movie? Uh I know which one you're talking about. Uh, with the, the US Embassy and shit. Uh it was something go fuck yourself. Where he's making a movie. Yeah. He's pretending like he's making a movie. It's uh, the name of the fake movie. God damn it. It's go fuck yourself because that's the guy's yeah, name. No, Argo, 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 fuck, fuck yourself. That's right. I yes. knew if I could get you, go fuck yourself, <laughs> that's I your could rally from there. For everything. I could fight off that hill. Um, he he had a, a bit part in that, and he's been in a few other things. But I thought he was like really cool because my idea of him changed throughout the episode. Like at mm. first, I'm thought, okay, well, he's this terrorist guy. Oh, he's the stereotypical like rich. Saudi Arabian, well-educated, but it's been radicalized kind of guy. But it's like it's even deeper than that. This guy, they, he was like a Ba'athist politician. So Ba'ath is the right. Saddam Hussein ruling party in Iraq, mm-hmm. um, and so he's a, a Ba'athist functionary, dip, you know, just bureaucrat. He's like, a, let's say, he's a stamper. 
Let's compare him to Stanford. He may not even be that bad. He might just right. be like their Department of Agriculture guy. Sure. G- compare him to Kathy Durant, somebody, wh- I wish whoever. they had gotten more specific about what, like, you know, was he involved in, like, the torture rooms? Or was he just, like, literally, like, their Minister of Transportation or something? Or maybe even the Undersecretary. Right. But... but- they make this case that, like, you know, the United States came in, kicked in all of our, and this is this is mm-hmm. all matter of record, you know, dismissed the military, took out all the political apparatus, regardless of whether it was corrupt or what, and just, like, did the whole clean house and just essentially turned the power structure upside down. This guy's now odd man out, but as he points out, like, you know, he's a relative, that's the other thing, he's kind of too young to be who they said he was, but, you know, all him and his family have known from that point forward has been bombs and terror and death. Yeah. And it's like, maybe this guy was bad, maybe he wasn't, but after running it from for your life for that for that long a time, it's it, it, it's it's radicalized him to sure. the point to where, you know, Kathy Claire makes the fatal mistake of thinking that he is like her and he's just in it for he just wants to be back in power. And if they give him that, yeah, and control of all of Iraq, uh, that he'll be happy. And Evie, he's like, you know, there is what Iraq, there is no more Iraq. There's Sunni mm. and Shia and Kurds, and and I thought there's a lot of smart points here to to the point where it's like, you know what? I don't want power. I want justice, and I want revenge. Okay. He can do that. Sure. And it's weird to be on the other side of that conflict and be like, uh, he's got a point. Right. I mean, it's something, you know, the general public doesn't get exposed to a lot. They They kind of hear the talking points uh, from the people in power in our country, the people who are making these decisions— about the Middle East, and we just don't get another perspective on it. Sure. So. And I'm not saying, like, the you know, the thing that complicates that is, you know... Uh, Terrorism? Well, <laughs> is yeah. Is that the answer? But, but on the other... You know, it's like I go back and forth, and I try to be as even-handed as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we essentially, compared to these people, are like the aliens from war in the world. Right. We, we strike unseen from the sky, you know... From the it, ground, it, I think, technically. What? Technically, we can't. They, the war. Well, I'm war talking of about the world's like aliens. Oh, 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 came oh, out of the ground. Yeah, just saying. okay, sure. But we we we, we flip <laughs> it up the power structure upside down because that's what we do. Right. And like you know we're 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 striking for and they can't. And if they screw up once with their cell phones or emails, they're dead. Um, I I'm not saying that they have to resort to terrorism, but I can see where they're like, well, fuck it, we'll just start cutting people's heads off. And I don't know because I don't want to excuse that and make moral equivalence. Sure. No, I don't think you should. I mean, all of. All- there's a lot of behavior on both sides that's reprehensible. Right, right. But, but I mean, we when, only when see America, the one side telling us a, what's when right. When America revolted against the, Brit- the British, mm-hmm. yeah. sure, the British were better equipped and better trained, et cetera, et cetera. But it was, the gap in power wasn't like War of the World style. It was like they mm-hmm. had muskets, we had muskets. You know, They might have had more training and use them, but then again, they wore bright red uniforms, et cetera. Uh, it's, it's hard to talk about morality in a situation where... A region has been fucked by Western sure. uh, inf- influence for a hundred years, and it's kind of an artificial deal. And I, you know, th- there's values and gap. I certainly don't gap. know enough about it to talk about it intelligently. So no, but I think it's interesting that this show is kind of touching on those things and and not being real pre. It's like again, I, I don't feel like they're setting their thumb on any one area. It's kind of like this is the way it is. And having the, the Underwoods be kind of amoral allows them to stand outside the traditional like good versus evil power structure and to say this is <laughs> yeah. this is just the picture of what the world is. Yeah, and it's 
it's easier to do that, I guess, with multiple perspectives from yeah. from all these characters. Yeah, you know, you you're not necessarily making a statement about something when you create a character that has an idea about something. Well, the other layer of abstraction is that there's this fantasy world that the United States is actually a uh, is actually a terror state under the grip of a madman. Right. I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's like That's what he says the, at the end. The worst things that they say about us in the Middle East in mm-hmm. the House of Cards universe are true. Right. That we're cynically using freedom and democracy the way that we accuse them of using a religion of peace Islam uh-huh. to to uh you know hold the world in our thrall. And I think that's like well, kind of, I, that's kind of interesting. And the fact that it's just like you know, I'll pretend allows you to kind of think of that without too much judgment. Yeah. I mean, ideas do have power, and the people who are in a position to wield that power yeah. will use them to their own ends. That said, sure. I imagine that there's a type of person who would watch the show and just be apocalyptically pissed off and furious about the, the various depictions of a lot of different things. But then again, I imagine those people stop watching somewhere in season one. <laughs> Probably. So, anyway... What else? Uh, <laughs> I, I there's so much to talk about with the story. That's the what I'm saying. Like I, like I, I kind of went down this uh, terrorism plot hole, but I just again was let's... super impressed with the way. And I didn't. I started off this season with the thesis, like you know, maybe they're better when they do small scale stakes, with it's all just kind of political points and all that. Here we're talking about total war, something even more preposterous than the Chinese and Russian uh, situation, but it feels. It feels like it's hanging together better, and they're actually making a point that I under, that, that that is cogent and I understand. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I don't know how to like what to put my finger on there and say this is the reason, but or maybe it's just like right. it's like they're going full ass. This isn't half ass. Like the stakes, they're just all in on the stakes of this. Whereas before, it's like so if we don't get this damn in China, what happens? Walker gets embarrassed, and 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 Frank isn't happy, and. If the Russian guy kisses Claire, does that mean we're it's World War Three or does you right? Know, it's only like, season three. I know we got at least one more. Like, to like do. the stakes is this gay guy that's in prison in Russia, and that's horrible. But it's not total brutal war, you know? Right. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's just the raising of the stakes to preposterous levels is is given to show the freedom to shine. But man, I I thought it was really good. Uh, can I ask you why the hell when you're filming a a live when you're sending out a live streamed video to the terrorist uh trying to have them stand down and yeah. release this other, this other hostage you wouldn't have a fucking interpreter in the room that's dumb that's that player doesn't have someone who can verify what he's saying i don't understand or what... at least the other end of the conversation is saying because you can't make them talk in english and th- that's the thing like 30 seconds later we get the translation on tv Right. So why not have a translator in a room so you don't have the vice... The, it made the, her look real dumb. The vice president and the president in his situation room. No one speaks Farsi? <laughs> really? You're on the phone with these guys who speak it like Nate and... Uh-huh. Seriously? I, I And you know there's going to be a conversation And happening. that's what I'm saying. It's like, if, if, if it was a plot point that we need to keep what he said secret for 15 minutes of showtime, fine. But 30 seconds later, translating for us, it just seemed like it made him look dumb. And I get it. It's like, yeah. well, you can't. But the fact that it was happening in the president's situation room and they've been talking to these guys for days, like, I just thought it was a little farcical that they didn't have someone that could speak the language. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, I don't know what else we want to talk about with the terrorist plot stuff. Can we talk about Seth? 
I, that's I'm desperate to talk about how Seth. Seth is in what like a very personalized hell, mm-hmm. just like a solitary confinement version of hell, and it's just his whole express. This guy is acting as if Seth is having a out of body experience the entire episode. Like his eyebrows are above his hairline Dur- during his face is ashen and gray. He just is really taking a bunch of punches here. <laughs> he is. It's it's thing after thing, and he's he's already kind of on his heels a little bit. Sure. With, uh, with you know, just to press down down his neck on this whole thing, and this hammer story comes out, oh, it's... and it it visibly crushes the man. Like he yells at Stamper for totally correct reasons. Like sure. I have to. Say, you can sit in your office and you can do nothing and say nothing. I have to get up on that fucking stage. Yeah, what's it say on my name? Oh, press secretary? <laughs> oh, that means I have to get out and talk to the shambling horde. This is the worst, maybe the worst job in all of of DC. You have to be a psych- You have to be like, uh, like a psychopath to do it. Like, you just have to imagine. not give a shit and you have to not take any of it personally and you just have to be the mouth of Sauron or, you know. Right. I, whoever i mean if you're the villain i guess but i yeah i can don't the press secretary be prosecuted for lying that's a damn good question because i imagine he has question. to lie a lot sure because he's got to stay on message with whatever the president wants plus he probably knows a lot of things that you just can't say like national security type stuff right and i feel like a lot of times he'll say i i can't comment on that you know right national security or whatever other reason i would think that you can't prosecute him for lying uh as long as because there's a whole there's a, you know like the house armed services committee and the intelligence as long as you're straight with those oversight committees i don't think there's much you can tell the american i mean shit cops can lie to you to bust you for a dime bag of weed right if the president of the United States can't lie to the American citizens for the greater good, again, as long as the proper oversight committees are, are engaged, and that's a big fucking if, yeah. uh, then I I don't see how you can have a problem with it. Because you, you literally can't do the the stick side of the government unless you're operating from some kind of secrecy. It's true, yeah. But, man, set this episode. I It's... And he went from the guy who's like, what are you going to do, shove a glass down my throat last episode to just deer in the headlights, full-time uh-huh. shitting pants. It's it's really entertaining. Wasn't yeah. During um, second Bush's term, wasn't there a press secretary who quit? I'm talking about Ari Fleischer, um, who was – he did resign to spend more time with his wife and family, but there was oh. also – Sure. There's also a lot of controversy about, you know, do you remember the Valerie Plame scandal about mm, the no. Bush administration outing a a, uh, a CIA agent yes. blowing the okay. cover for po- potentially political reasons and like uh-huh. who leaked it and was it Cheney or was it this Richard Armitage guy? And I don't know the full story on that, but I just remember around uh, the time I there were a lot of hard questions coming at this guy. Sure. And then he resigned and I was like, sure. ooh, that doesn't look good. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, I, yeah, I remember that, too. But uh, I expect at some point Seth might just go out the window or sure. or at least quit. Sure. Yeah. If I were him, I would be considering it. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Actually, I probably would have already done it. Seth has a, Seth has a pair on him. What for sure. You, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's, I think they've fallen off on, on this episode. Uh, what did you think about this thing between the data douche Aiden and the NSA, CIA, FBI? Right. Because the second watch, it really drove home to me that 
if they had to thrown him out of the building, they might have gotten the house correct. Maybe so. Which yeah. ironically wouldn't have left Francis the option to go to war. Uh-huh. But it's probably. I mean, you can already see the next shoe. We've got we got like eight. Sh- Frank is a fucking <laughs> octopus. He's got eight shoes. <laughs> Six of them have dropped. The next one is going to be this wiretap scandal. Yeah. Because the NSA, FBI, and CIA got their hands all the way up inside that operation with this Aiden guy unable to defend them. But, again, one of the interesting things about the show is they show kind of a consequence of that, which is the the professional analyst wanting to concentrate on the cell phone tower triangulation. Him wanting to go deeper and, like, let's do the background and do the songbird and the pygmy magpie... uh, Yep, uh, 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 Charlie's Angels strategy, which might have worked because they got the wrong house, which really left Frank no place to go other than to war. Well, it kind of left him with that option, and I think that's it what I'm him. saying. Like, yeah. there's the, all these unintended consequences, right. That cut both ways, and just pick, uh, you know plays and counter plays and stroke. You I know. like the way they're they're handling that. Um, yeah. And it's kind of always been the case, right? Like when it's at its best. Yeah. It's just rapid fire like you can you are you're always aware of the plan, but you're also aware of when the plan goes off the rails and now what. Yeah, you can see all of the gears turning. And that's why the first 3 episodes I think were so unsatisfying yeah. because you that whole element that really makes this show hum was completely opposite. You had no idea what Claire was trying to do. Yep. You didn't agree with what Francis was trying to do and the way he was treating her. And it's like you just felt disconnected from everything. Whereas now, you know, I'm horrified by it all, but I'm (laughs) super involved in what's happening on the show. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Hammer and Frank because they have some pretty great scenes together. Oh, Uh, God. Their scenes where they square off are some of the best in in an already really great episode. I agree. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, you know, talk, talk... about some of the minutiae if you want, but I want to ask you, who do you think won that at the end of this episode? I think Hammer. I think Hammer won the conversation. I think Frank might have won the day with his Total War thing. Oh, oh, I, oh, I think okay. that might actually have the desired effect of of moving the spotlight. Yeah, but it's going to be so... Because t- here's, here's the other thing I saw. Um, I s- saw Hammer saying... Every passing moment has me starting to question my certainty of right. you not being a murderer. And then the way he was propped up on the wall as he's watching Frank's press conference on this war thing. With a stink face that Michonne might envy. He's like, essentially, <laughs> motherfucker, Mr. President, I'm going to come after you. I'm okay. going to destroy. I'm going to I'm going to put this country on my shoulders and on my typewriter, and I'm going to save it. I think... And that's Frank bad has news. Won, Frank has used war to win the battle, but he did not win the war yet. No, and I think he's in serious trouble because you're right. I think Hammer's digging his heels in now. Yeah, and that's uh, the thing. Like he he spun the hammer around. He's using the claw part of it. It it he's gone from hammer to claw. <laughs> I I don't know how Frank gets out of this. Like the scandal already. Like going to going to war, and there's some interesting because like some of this I feel like is a little Bush era commentary. Some of it is like Clinton era because that's something that Clinton was always accused of. Uh, you know, uh, see, he, someone gave him a blowjob. Oh, it's a lob a cruise missile, uh-huh. and you know, way to get everybody's back mind on me what? being presidential. And sure, uh, then how kind of politically calculated some of his wars and getting out of wars and refusing to go to wars are and you know there's the whole Mogadishu and Rwanda and lots of you could talk about mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of a nod towards that presidency which I thought was interesting okay 
it's always been interesting that like I it's weird that this is a it seems to me as I'd like to call myself a radical moderate uh it seems to me that this episode this television's largely pitched to liberals and they cast a Democrat to do a lot of what they would consider stereotypical Republican tactics. All right, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And I always thought that was weird. I and guess, to kind of be the bad guy, too. Yeah. I, I guess that, like, making a Democrat gives them cover to be like, well, you know, we're playing fair, but I, I don't know. It's The, the, the meta-politics of this show, I think, are fascinating. Yeah, so uh, going back real quickly to this battle between Hammer and Frank... Uh, Frank admits to Hammer that he he had he was leaking stuff about the uh the health bill to Zoe. He admits a couple of things that looked fairly bad. But also but nothing... you as the Uber Arch journalist published it without question. Well, he had corroborating sources, didn't he? No, but I'm talking about Zoe's original stories were just her oh, secret yes, yes. source and, right. and Hammer was and that it that that hit the mark because we uh-huh. know and probably Frank suspected that Hammer did not like that. He was kind of like he didn't like Zoe, and he didn't like this. New he was constantly asking, like, was, "What are your sources? I need to know this information." And Zoe strong and, and and well, and and also the the uh, I forget Shannon? the woman's name. Je- no, the one that runs the the actual one that runs the paper. Oh yeah, I don't remember. What I, what I'm getting at is that this guy had serious misgivings, and he didn't do his job, and he's probably got a little pangs of guilt that if I did do my job completely and hadn't slept on this, yep. what could we have avoided in in this country? But right, so I like what are the leads that go back to Frank? And we talked a little bit about this in last yeah. episode. Stamper. I mean, that's really it, right? I mean, he can't prove murder without Stamper. Well, but what I think is interesting is how close did he get to winning Hammer? Because I thought this scenario he laid out where I tried to help the president, but he was a weak president. He was trying to put this milk toast sure. as Secretary of State. I put in Kathy Durant. That's something everyone agrees is better. He was doing this education bill. I had to kill it to save him. Like, I felt he almost won the day. Mm-hmm. And then, in fact, I was kind of like 50-50. What did you think when Frank said, do you trust your instincts? Look into my eyes. I thought he might actually get a moment where Tom agreed. Okay. He's like, okay. I don't think you're lying. This is a can- and I did too. But then when, yeah. when, when Hammer said, he goes, do you believe? He goes, is, well, okay. Is any of this on record? He goes, do you believe me? He says, not, not a word. word. And it's like, yes. Because maybe yeah. Hammer is the equal. Maybe. That we've been wanting, you know. I think he's the good guy. I think he's really one of the few good guys in this whole scenario. Jackie and Remy are coming around, but it took him long enough. It would be cool to see a story where the journalist, you know, it's been a long, it feels like it's been a long time since the, you have a story where the journalist is the good guy. Like because The Wire? Nah, well, but they also had Kinda. the fabulous. That it was, the wires essentially right. everything. Some sucks. of the journalists were bad. Right. Every institution sucks. Yeah. Save yourself. Save your neighbor if you can. Uh-huh. Um, which is inter- You know, that's that's a whole other kettle of fish. But uh, this country needs be- better journalists and better journalism. And I agree. There can't agree. be anything bad coming from like glorifying, really gritty, hard hitting, old school journalism. Yeah, I'm with you. So I like it. People may call me a luddite for that, but I don't think Twitter is the best place for journalism. I think it's just I I, I think it's great and it's definitely gets some force multiplier, but I do feel like it's made a lot of people lazy. It's a different thing, and also chasing headlines, which leads to sloppy, sure. and which never. I mean, that's the 
super interesting thing about Serial, which another episode just dropped today, and like I'm totally on board. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something on lunch where I just say, you know what, everyone everyone should listen to the last three episodes. And if you think it's complete bullshit, then you don't have to listen to anything else. But if you want to dig deeper, you can go. But they wasted so much time with this, the minutia of this Bo Bergdahl yeah. that I felt like she really buried the lead, and now no one's listening to this fascinating in, like autopsy of failures on both sides of the American government to do things properly over the course of like 15 years and two different administrations. Okay. It's just a compounding political fiasco. And it's says something really important about government and politics. Um, but you know, like that's this journalism is uh, essentially unwinding all these facts that happened in the last 15 years and go past the initial reports that hardly anybody goes back to update and no one remembers it. Like, Oh, that initial report was bullshit. We now know the truth, but everyone still just remembers the sensational bullshit. Cause that's the stuff that gets 24 hour coverage. Yeah. The retraction and the actual truth gets buried, you know, on page seven. By an and, avalanche of other shit. Yeah, it, it gets buried under the next thing that we're reporting live off of Twitter and whatnot. Right. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do have to say about this story, it is a godsend for Conway. I mean, sure. I don't I don't know if this war thing is actually going to work out in season five, but it, regardless, he didn't have a campaign going into this. And with that story, he knew he was back in it. And he was pretty confident he'd have the White House. I think that's a super fun thing about this, too, because it seems like so many times these campaign races go by, go back to gotchas that happened 15, 20, 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Whereas this is like, they're they're both kind of... Com- but that's the thing, like, you're saying Conway should thank God, but on the other hand, the story came out that he lied about strong-arming the Senate Intelligence Committee. That's what I mean, like... As much as the war might steal focus from sure. Frank's story, yeah. Frank's story is still focused from his. But what I'm saying is, like, you're, America, it seems like this fictional version of America is definitely, it's a douchebag turd sandwich situation. Right. Can we just throw them all out? They're all liars. They're yeah. all crooks. Can we just toss can, them all can, out can and start over? we go back and have another primary? Yeah. Because this is bullshit. I don't like either. They're, they're both liars. Like, it's rare... You usually have a honeymoon period where it's like, okay, the new guy, he's got like 100 days before you realize, oh, he's he's a bastard. He's like not all doing others. anything he promised on the campaign <laughs> this, trail. Like This, you're just getting a, not even – you're not even to the general election yet. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. <laughs> but if he ever had a chance at all, I feel like that story, that story helped him. And I'm curious to see if the war can take enough away from, from Frank's scandal to give Frank another shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also thought it was really entertaining to see Claire and Frank doing all these, you know, God, what could we have done differently? My mind's racing. Uh, could we have done things differently? Could we have kept some people closer? And I'm like, who? Like, maybe keep pick two or three people and we're like, all right, these are key pe- uh, people got to rely on. We're never going to lie on to them and we're never going to betray them. There's not a single, like, not even each other. Yeah. That's and people are like, well, Doug, no, fuck no, Doug. They like large. Yeah. I I think it's it's hard to argue that Frank didn't kind of throw him under the bus most of last season. Uh, Meacham, like he passed Frank's bullshit lie detector. He had been thrown under the bus. There's nobody <laughs> right. that they wouldn't and couldn't lie to on mm-hmm. this show, even each other, and that's why they're getting destroyed. But it's also why it's so effective when Tom sees through it all. You know, sure. he's because 
Frank is so good at lying, and he can make people who even know what he's up to realize his shit. Oh, believe oh, that's, him. That's why I thought but that scene you with can't him with Hammer. That scene with him and Hammer is so good because yeah. Frank was doing his best work. Like you know, uh, he's talking about I had facts. Now you want to see factors my liver, and this is you got this facts from Lucas. And but I, Hammer is got he is a a man because he like. And I get this is all scripted television. Obviously, yeah. But in universe, this guy stands toe-to-toe with a really menacing president of the United States giving him all he can give, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like... It's, it's, it's amazing. Just both performances are great. I, I, I love both of these characters. Right, right. I mean, uh, for I what just, they are. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if a random cop just stopped me on the street and started hassling me i'd start sweating bullets and 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 sweat all my pits out and i don't even i mean i'm a white dude that doesn't go around with guns or drugs or anything it's just like yeah the fact that you got the president screaming at you whew. and that's the other thing too i don't know that i've ever seen him yell when like, he threw he that throws the papers the report at, at seth, seth and yells at him yes screams I, i've heard him like fill kind of fill his lungs and really yeah. speak loudly to someone but yeah like use his dad he voice fucking yelled he's sure. he was screaming at seth here and it it was surprising yeah because i can't recall seeing him before and also like i feel it's weird what do you think of that frank how did this happen like yeah. what, do, you, do you do you really need to be explained to you it's fairly self-evident how this happened yeah all your chickens are coming home to roost man yeah you can only lie to people for so long yeah I mean, you eventually tell so many lies that your lies are contradictory, and then you've got serious problems. Yeah, you can lie to some of the people some of the time, but right. you've you've forgotten that in the last four years or so. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really cool, and I thought also the way they made it seem like Hammer might be swallowing this. Because his reactions yeah. were like when Frank was kind of admitting to some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and his kind of realizations, like it was played like, oh, man, this is scoring major blows against hammer yeah i'm like well i guess they're gonna put the snooze button on this and we'll you know it'll come back around with all the murder stuff next no hammer's on the case so we didn't really talk about it with aiden i don't think um he's he's got this algorithm that he doesn't want people to get a hold of because the spoon you know it's a spoon sure um spin up his ass a few times let's be real (laughs) if if they can get some records that might indicate what he's been doing with the spoon oh yeah no one's gonna like this least of all him because i think his ass is on the line right because he stirred frank's coffee after it was in his ass <laughs> but but that that has not come to fruition yet i feel like there's more that, to go that's with that. less, that's the seventh shoe yeah the eighth shoe is the, the murders damper and the murders yeah yeah and there might be a ninth shoe which is the nuclear dirty bomb and we didn't really talk about up. uh stamper and the liver lady well, yeah, that's a little, kinda, bit that. l- little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I feel like I'm near done discussing it. But yeah, let's talk about the liver lady. Uh, this is this is Stamper's third shoe. <laughs> he's got uh, Rachel. He's got his, his his alcoholism, which is barely kept in check. That's shoe number one. Mm-hmm. Rachel, shoe number two. Liver lady finding out that she killed that he killed Liver Man. Yep, that's shoe number three. And again, he's got this super inappropriate. I guess he's going to move in with this woman. Is that was that the implication here? She said, "I don't know where you're going to go, and I don't know when you're going to come back. But when you do, you're going to stay here." Oh my god! 
This is the worst. Uh, it, it, not from a storytelling perspective. I'm fine with it. Just no. Yeah, you're right. God, oh, this character, this lady, has no idea what she's getting into with Stamper. But it's it is his history, like we talked about last I know. podcast. Oh he, yeah, he likes to find these fucking albatrosses and and develop a psychosexual dependence on them. Right. And that's why I say it's not bad. It's well within his character. It's just <sighs> I hate to see him going down that road again. And especially with a woman, like, she's oblivious. Uh, she can't she know. She so nice. Yeah. I mean, thank God. Like, the only thing that <sighs> makes me less skeeved out is all of her kids are, like, old teenagers. So it's like... Okay, yeah. Although they just lost their dad. Right. Like, I'm not saying they're not vulnerable, but, like, at least they're not three and five. Mm-hmm. You got this lizard man coming in to destroy your life. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be... But I still think the breadcrumbs back to Frank are going to happen through this relationship. Probably. I can't see any other way. Because that's, that's, there's your ninth shoe, the fact that Frank killed a man to get his liver. Sure. Uh, of course, that's not Frank. He didn't Frank. really do that. Yeah, that's not But him. that's the thing. Like, that that detail will be lost in right. the torrent of shit that's going to come out of uh, Hammer's keyboard. Uh-huh. Or not his keyboard, his, his, his uh, typewriter. His manual typewriter. Oh, yeah. Hammer doesn't use a word shit. processor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Uh, how about the FBI strike team? I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah, looked good. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that the FBI had like an elite hostage rescue team, but of course they do. Yeah, and they it looked super professional and like super like I liked their uniforms, their camo, their gear. Like I felt like I was watching a very professional team take down this target to no end. Right. To no avail, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I was noticing like little things. I don't know why I noticed this, but like because you played Counter Strike a lot. <laughs> I did, and it, right, like that shield yeah. thing. That's straight out of Counter sure. Strike. Uh, but when they run up to this house, like first of all, yeah, their camo is pretty good. Uh, they run up to this house, and it you seems can like see them work all in, line in an urban up. environment as well as for, like I feel like there's a yeah, lot of research yeah. about what's the perfect camo for anything you need in America, right? <laughs> Is it snowing? No? Okay. Go in yeah, black. Right. Go in, go in this dark gray black thing. Yeah. Uh, but the way they run up to the building, and you can see them all kind of spin, like turn around and line up, none of them touches the building. Whether they're wearing a pack of like an 80 pound bulky ass pack, they yeah. all are on their mark. And it's just like that, that, the filming of that yeah. makes me really believe that this, that I'm in the moment here with them. Yeah. It, it was well done. But yeah, so much of the show is you sure, know? and like I, I imagine that the, the real FBI team uh, is is like that, and it shows like, yeah. and you know, uh, I think it's funny that every bumfuck county in America has a SWAT team now. Oh God! And I'm like, unless you're these guys, and these are kind of the stakes, I don't think you should be able to maybe call yourself that and have the equipment and the tanks and all. You know, right? Like no, these guys, I'm... I can tell they're professional, they're well trained, they know what they're doing. The dudes that just, you know, I don't know what the qualifications for be the bumfuck county SWAT team, but I bet it's willing to wear mall ninja shit and shoot military-grade rifles and say, fuck yeah, while you're doing it, essentially. I mean, I'm not going to go that far. I just think <laughs> I, I just think every town in America doesn't need a fucking SWAT of, team. That's the other side of it. I, I think we need a a, de- a a centralized sort of thing where, yeah, you know, a you regional. can respond, regional thing. Yeah, big put a, cities, big yeah. cities, New, New York, York, Indianapolis, LA. fucking Cincinnati might need a SWAT team. Right, but you don't need to bust them out every time you, Bumfuck County. you drive down to bust sure. a pot dealer. Sure, exactly. Or to serve a, a warrant or whatever they're, they're using them for right. now. Uh, what else we want to talk about? 
I think that's about it. For How me. about the? Uh, I thought the hammer had a choice title for his report: "The Underwoods' Crooked Path to the White House." Yeah, I like it. That's doesn't that's doesn't poetry. seem sensationalist. It just seems well written. Oh, the other thing, Frank's liver ongoing plot point. That's right. Is Frank is the liver just let go, and that's what ends him? It's become sentient. It's craw- clawing its way out. It's, it's the Walter White cancer. It's the it's like Maybe. the time bomb that's that's overshadowing everything. Could be. Um, what about there's a brief scene of Remy and Jackie very happy to you know I don't even know why they threw it in like I don't the way we left them last episode I felt like they were going to give the statement and then go fuck off into the sunset I think we'll see him again I don't know why we would yeah unless I, it's unless it's Doug going to stamp him right maybe now's a good time to transition into our overall thoughts about the season because. Well, we need to talk about Willemon and kind of this being the punctuation. Well, of we also didn't really reign. talk about we talked about the plan, but we didn't really talk about the emotion of the scene of him giving oh this the speech state, the, and the state addressing the nation yeah. and how I thought it's one of the best Frank Underwood speeches. It's good, it's but it's good. also complete bullshit. I thought it's interesting because it's written by Yates. Ah. He's a good writer. Uh, I thought it was interesting, Kathy Durant seeing completely through it. That's got to be like shoe number 10. That uh-huh. your secretary of state cannot wait, cannot wait to betray you. Right, but she's also tied up in this, right? Like, so well, that's, she kind of hitched her wagon to him in a in a way. I don't remember. I mean, she's, I she's, honestly don't remember, she's but she said it. Allowed, but that's a thing, like, at some point, a person's patriotism, if you have any patriotism at all, and you're seeing this... You know, there again, why I don't think conspiracies work. Like, there's a got to be someone in the room that's like, this isn't right. I can't live with this. Someone's got to know the truth. And you Kathy so. seems like she's that person. Yeah. Maybe um, so. And she's got her eyes wide open on this. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting um, is that Claire seems like she has shifted her elite. Well, I mean, it's never she shifted it off to Tom, but Tom's being froze out. As a result of this, well, she's got other things on her plate. Is that is, is it that, that or does she just knows that there's no fucking way that Tom will go along with any of this stuff? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and Tom's a smart guy too, right? He'll, uh, he'll probably figure it out. Tom was in the room seeing this guy get his throat slit, mm-hmm. and he was one of the few in, the, in the room, room that the... didn't look away. Oh, I because oh, yeah. I thought that was interesting too. When I yeah. was watching, I was like, it's like everybody almost instantly as soon as the throat got slit looked away. Tom kept going. For five, six seconds before he just, like, you know, looked away in disgust. Some serious Scorpio shit. Frank and the First Lady maintained the gaze the entire time. Yes, they do. Uh, they turn the sound off because nobody needs to hear that. But Well, them chanting whatever they're chanting. Um, right, right. But I thought that was really fascinating. And then what did you think of the Underwoods joining? Like, Frank broke the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. But Claire stared right at us. She saw him speaking. She stared at us. Uh, yeah, they broke the fourth wall together there for the first time. Arguable, or are you just making a statement? I think that's true. I think I think the because you could because argue that she normally, just looked at him to look at him and then looked at us because she was looking ahead. But no, I but definitely normally thought nobody she changes my their expression uh, at all when Frank is speaking. Right? They'll kind of like do a and freeze sort of thing while Frank speaks. But sure. Here she he started speaking. She looks over at him like she's paying attention. Then she looks back. And, I, and I, I, I felt I saw her. I felt like she had my gaze. Yeah, 
And it, so it portrays unity, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you want in that moment. They have become the ultimate evil White House couple. Uh, they're, they're now inextricably linked. Claire starts monologuing into the camera next season. Are you in on that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a big, like, I would have said up until this moment, I would have thought that was a gimmick. Uh-huh. But uh, now I'm kind of on board with them doing doing the gaze, okay, the Underwood gaze, the yeah. Care Bear stare. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else we want to talk about. What did you say you wanted uh, you talk about our overall thoughts on season four? Yeah, and like what we think uh, might might be in store for season five because it's interesting. We're we're left in a pretty serious uh, location here with the the departure of Willimon, Bo Willimon, the show creator. Sure. And he didn't, yeah, so, didn't really tie things off neatly with a bow either. No, but I feel like he may have put kind of a stamp on who Frank is, who the Underwoods actually together are, and what kind of relationship they're going to have. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because I don't know that you can go back from this, right? Sure. Uh, it's kind of all or nothing here, and and that's what he wants to say about Frank and about Claire. Uh, also with Remy and Jackie kind of getting their final moment together i think that is actually their final moment and that's how he intended just we're gonna go out like this yeah uh i don't know what they're gonna do in season five maybe they bring him back maybe frank and claire split up again who the fuck knows but as far as willimon's concerned i felt like he put a lot of finality into the relationships and the state of these characters and also set a trajectory for season five certainly yeah like you know most of the seasons we've come away with like oh i wonder what's going to happen you know, with like, oh, well, I wonder how these scans are going to blow up in his face. But here it's like we know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be this uh, Frank trying to push this war to drown out all the scandal around him. And you don't you don't necessarily know if it's going to work. You have other questions. But sure. You're right. There is a course set. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like it's pretty firmly set. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Um, I mean, what do you think of the season overall? You, I know you said the first I chunk the was first not great. Three episodes were better, already better than season three, right. which I, you know, you, we both had a fairly low opinion of. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, kind of like, man, it really, it really is. It's lacking a lot of lifeblood. And Frank's assassination attempt, yep. was a brilliant way on. to just set this thing on cruise, and it. It did. It just barreled barreled down the highway. Um, yeah. I was very satisfied. I um, found it hard to not want to, you know, just go keep binging ahead. If it wasn't for this podcast, I probably would have finished it in one weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas season three, I think I would have been like, oh, maybe <laughs> wait till tomorrow, and then maybe get busy playing video games and wait the next day. Um, maybe I'll just binge it before season four comes out. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right, I, I largely feel the same way. I think episode four on was just balls to the wall. It was it was great. I felt like it's back to being really ripped out of the headlines, uh, and they you know part a lot of that's luck. Um, sure, I think it's back to being very watchable, and and I, it's just a damn shame because everybody, it seems like all the important people have given up on this show. You know, like there's just not so, as much uh, critical yeah. buzz and. Um, Hmm. There's a lot of people are off after last season, and it's a shame because that's the other thing. Is like you know our reaction when we heard oh renewed for season four and five was like giant eye rolls, right? And you know I Bo, don't know if I feel that way anymore. I I mean whoever takes over Bo Willimon could fuck things up, right. but 
you could say the same thing about Daredevil season two, which we're about to start tomorrow um, mm-hmm. or this this Friday. Um, they had a showrunner that took over from another showrunner, and they got two new showrunners for this season. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily a death knell for a, a series. It just depends on you know who's going to be hired to replace them and what their experience is and how much they care about the story. And because the 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 the, the style of the show is on lock, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean the cinematography. You could bring back any visual. one of these directors, and they're going to yeah. know how to film this. It's not like I mean, it, it'd be much harder to. Um, it'd be much harder to do this if, like, it he was replaced after the first or second season. Well, I don't even know because, like, you get David Fincher in here and he just films it the way he films. I mean, like, he set the blueprint, right? Right. I, I, from everything aesthetically, I think we'll see in season five. Yeah. I think the only real question is going to be what are they going to do for the story for the writing. Uh, I'm I'm definitely more excited than I expected to be for season five, given what I had heard about the change of, of authority here between Willemon and whoever, uh, and also coming off of season three, which was not great. Sure. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you, uh, we talked about this a little bit off camera or off camera. Have you, cause there was this statement made that like, uh, the president wanted everyone in America to see this guy's head sawn off. Have you seen any? Because there's various videos of people getting their heads sawed off right. on, that you can watch on the internet. Have you seen one? Nope, never. Don't care to. Uh, I've seen one, and I and it was pretty much this logic. Like, if you're going to have a strong opinion on foreign policy or whatever, you, um, not that it should sensationalize or emotional, but like I, I feel like it's um, you you can't pontificate or or you, that's always going to be a weakness if you said well i haven't actually seen as bad as it get or i haven't stared at the face of the enemy or anything like that and i've seen the other mm-hmm. i've seen like you know gun camera footage of uh people getting blown blown away by uh by airstrikes and whatnot mm-hmm. um i don't recommend it uh i don't think that's a fair argument but whatever no uh i don't i rec- can imagine a lot because that's the thing <laughs> like i it didn't change my opinion one way or another and I just like right. it's, I it's, can't it's just a very unpleasant visual to to that I, that got stuck in my head now. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but I do wonder what the effect of everyone in America seeing something like that. Uh, it certainly would inspire fear, I'd imagine. Hmm. If because this is just a random family, right? This is not anybody important that they've taken hostage. Well, and it's not like, as you know, you always hear, it's like, oh, someone got to, well, it's, you know, what the hell were you doing over there? This is like, yeah, you're just mining your business in West Virginia, and surprise, yeah. you get you get, you get get snatched up. Going to spend the week in Gatlinburg, boom. Yeah, all I mean, of a sudden, this can happen to to anyone or if, for, for, for any reason at any time. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's... Because uh, nobody understands statistics either, so... Sure. <laughs> that's not uh, an argument. Right. No, I, I just thought that that was an interesting thing that you kind of like you're going, you're not, you're not trying to win their hearts, you're attacking their hearts, and yeah, you know, for that, the, the, as soon as they made that decision, uh, poor Mister Miller, he was he he was dead. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. Uh, that's the last thing I wanted to say, Jim. Yeah, I'm tired of trying to win these people's wallets. Okay, it's time to attack. Fear the wallet. Total brutal club bald move calm. I'm glad you didn't go one word for each of those because that would have taken a while. <laughs> um total brutal club fear bald. 
so yeah, uh, we've got this club thing. It's, it's a little, like, swanky mm-hmm. little Rat Pack lounge. Uh, you go to club.baldmove.com. It's uh, for as little as a buck a month. You get uh, at least six extra podcasts a month. You get all of the spoiler-filled uh, first-run bald movie reviews. Or about or next week we're gonna be doing Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Sure to be a laugh riot. Uh, we got uh, you know some extra video game playthroughs, some some bonus content like our quit your pitching stuff that you can download. Uh, you can you can get the first one for free to kind of try before you buy. So lots of stuff. Uh, Ad free podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, lots of stuff, lots, lots of, and we priced it to be fan friendly. Uh, we really need and want your support, and we try to make it as easy as possible to do so uh, by going to club.ballmove.com. Uh, if you like these extra podcasts, like it's, it's without a doubt in my mind, there's, we wouldn't be doing House of Cards right now if it wasn't for the existence of the club and people supporting yeah. it. And because, uh, you know, back when we had our full time jobs, one podcast a week. Maybe you could do two. Maybe. Maybe we'd do better call, but there's no way. House of Cards have gotten the bump. So if yeah. you're listening to this and enjoying it and wants to keep on some of this nichier stuff, uh, uh, please consider supporting us at club.baldmove.com, and we appreciate all those that do. Do you want to get to feedback? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Jimmy C. says, To be quite honest, Season 3 had me anticipating little desire to binge this all the way through in one setting. Just a couple, just a taste. Let's say, yeah, I know, I'll stop after the first four. I say this in the most endearing way possible. I have little difficulty believing some slimy, grimy, no-good, rotten nincompoops from Netflix somehow anticipated, perhaps by waiting through countless gigs of poly-hot... I mean Google metadata for (laughs) uh, last year's fan reactions... That placing the assassination attempt at the exact moment in the season where it would ensure that viewers are ensnared into eagerly binging the remaining 8.5 episodes. Oh, yeah. Man alive, that caught me off guard. I'm not the keenest in predicting where a show will lead from one episode to the next, but they certainly disguised that one very well. I assume they are once again highlighting the uniqueness of Frank and Meacham's relationship, the complete control contrasting with undying loyalty. The sequence leading up to quote-unquote it actually rustled my jimmies for a moment. We've seen this before. I get it. You share the secret history. Okay, now you're making hand turkeys on the wall of the White House. Quick, Meacham. Shoot Frank a passionate gaze, draping your eyes knowingly on his for a brief second longer than you should. Hurry. We need more lustful ambiguity to continue matching Fincher's suspenseful lighting. Mainly it was Meacham's screen time while Frank was speaking at the university that made me scratch my head. I think it's absolutely amazing that they were able to make me feel... Almost uncomfortably confused, and less than a minute later, the show pulls off something that not only explains away my brief skepticism, but leaves me bowing to the writer's every whim while enthusiastically drinking the remainder of the season with no regard for human life. This guy's got a Yates-ish way of words, I tell you. Yeah. I'm impressed there weren't any leaks regarding this, at least none that I saw. I'm not the type that actively avoids spoilers by installing Chrome or Firefox add-ons or defriending anyone with loose lips for ruining experience. In fact... I've grown tired of the spoiler police admonishing anything and everything that's even remotely spoilerish, mm. but this is an instance where I feel like spoilers would have absolutely ruined the effect it had on me. Uh, whether Netflix succeeded in deceiving everyone else is still to be determined, but for now, all I have is my anecdotal appreciation for the job they've done at keeping me speechless. Maybe I mean- none. Oh, one more. And okay, done. one more. Yep. Uh, maybe none of this makes sense. Maybe it wasn't that impressive, and I just got wrapped up in a moment. Moment. I'm no Doug Stamper. I cannot maintain my edge after a half marathon viewing of Stamper's own tireless binge on life. At any rate, my appreciation for a fifth season has been impeached. See you next March. <laughs> uh, I thought this 
captured my feelings of going into this season pretty well. And also, yeah. you know me, I'm broadly pro-spoiler. I don't think it can really destroy a otherwise good uh, piece of work, but I disagree. You really get fucked if you knew that Frank was going to be assassinated from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would not want to know that person. That's one of those rare twists that, if you see it coming, it, it robs you of a lot of the effect. Right. Uh, yeah, I imagine Netflix, much like Aiden, has teams of people analyzing this data and saying, when we're creating our shows, we're not doing the standard like three-act thing. Yeah, what's the average bit, first binge, initial binge? Right, how long do people watch when a show comes out? Oh, they watch two and a half episodes. They watch th- they watch four episodes. They know exactly what that number is, uh, where that curve tops out, and they put their moments there. I'm certain of it. I will say this though: they'd be foolish not to. And I've said this about a lot of Netflix shows, which is, has me increasingly scratching my head. This would have undoubtedly been better as a 12 or 10 episode season, because those first three episodes, you need to have him and Claire hit rock bottom. Yeah and you needed to set some of the political stage, but I don't think we needed three episodes of it. Yeah. I'm and that's that. been my chief complaint about, uh, you know, Jessica Jones season one of daredevil. Like there was a couple episodes stretch where they kind of lost. And I don't know why they're keeping the prestige drama 13 episode. Like why, why they're flaunting. HBO's given that up a long time ago. Well, I think they, they kind of, that's their preferred and they kind of do it by budget and content and whatnot. But yeah, you're right. No, they like, don't force it. I don't know why Netflix, as much convention as they flaunt, wants to get this 13-episode thing doing going. Maybe they have data that says this is the thing to do. This is the amount of time that people are willing to invest into something. It's, it's, it's not for artistic purposes. I know that. Right. Like, maybe it's in the contract thing, and they're like, you know, this is, you got to have these many episodes to get this much. I don't know. Right. But, and then there's syndication. Are they going to do any of that on television? Like, do they want that overlap? Yo, I could totally see House of Cards air. On. Right, but in that case, they need a certain amount of episodes. They need certain lengths or a certain that, number of seasons. Yeah, I guess that's you're right. So maybe they're shooting for that. Uh, I don't know. But I, to me, like this would have been so much tighter if it was a ten. Like I think ten would yeah. have been where you need to be to be it. Just like complete. Like this would have been one of the most compulsively watchable things ever. Twelve would have been an imme- even just a twelve episode season would have been an immeasurable difference and to be fair they all of these there weren't any mammoth episodes like orange and new black goes 13 episodes and then the last one's like 90 minutes or two hours long or something crazy like that this these were all 40 43 to 52 ish minutes i think the longest one is like 57 and there's only one of those um so i feel like they've have learned because i felt like late earlier seasons the average episode is longer in length but Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, episode length. It seems like an hour. Anything more than an hour is going to be pushing your luck on a consistent basis, you know? Uh-huh. Because that's anti binge too. It's like, God damn, when's this episode going to end? I I stayed up for one more, and now it's never ending. <laughs> but I I really don't understand why they do this thirteen episode structure. Uh, shall we move on? Sure. Dances with Wookies says has the alternate view. It's a good name uh, from Winnipeg. Uh, maybe that's it. You just can't understand American politics from Winnipeg, man. Uh, I found this season to be garbage, schlocky garbage. What? Moments of interest in between long stretches of really, really boring story. 
Hmm. Hey, what do you know? Episodes one through six didn't matter. Neither did the Frank versus Claire storyline. Plus, the show is so formulaic. Step one, Frank Claire has a plan. Step two, someone fucks with that plan. It looks like they will lose. Step three, something happens which delivers Frank and Claire a victory and puts in an even better position than before. Step four, repeat. No matter what happens, nothing hurts them at all. That's a fair point. This show is pretty formulaic in that. Uh, like saying Frank has never been busted down. And it's, just like, the, it's literally that structure. They have a plan. But it's life, the, man. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people put plans in motion. They either succeed or fail. That's the show's story engine, and you have a problem with the story engine is essentially what you're saying. I, yeah, I guess if you don't like seeing the formula, maybe that bothers you. I, I don't care as long as the content is interesting to me, and it is. Could you say the same thing about like Breaking Bad? Yeah, what would the engine Walt be Walt has there? a plan. Someone fucks with the plan. Walt emerges triumphant. I mean, there's no conflict. There's no drama without conflict, and conflict in a lot of instances takes the form of of obstacles in your path. I mean, that's what conflict is. Well, I guess the thing about Breaking Bad is that like, Walt usually manufactured all of his chances, whereas Frank is more of an opportunist. So it feels like it's luck, but I mean, I feel like that's a lot of politics is you capitalize on your opponent's mistakes more than you actually do good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you, you pounce on others when they fuck up rather than you just are a paragon of how whatever badass politician you are, which is depressing, right. but I think accurate. I guess I just don't mind a formulaic story engine as long as the content is interesting and compelling. Uh, Dances of Wookiees continues, Nothing ever changes. The show is boring. Just make Frank Emperor of America already. Really, I would love to end the show. Uh, at the end of the show, for it to be thirty years later, and Frank is serving as twelfth term in office for some reason uh, that they, the people in this crazy fictional uni- universe, will accept. This is a dumb show pretending to be a sophisticated, smart one. That's another criticism that I see people lay at this show a lot. Mm-hmm. And last year, I would have agreed, and maybe this year, I still agree, except for it's a lot more interesting and watchable. Whatever, man. I'm not going to change your opinion on it, so. I like the show. You don't like the show. We'll agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say on that, <laughs> frankly. I don't. I feel like the dumb show pretending to be a sophisticated smart one. That's kind of right on because there. This show does do like. I'm thinking even in the glory has, years, you had the I O U D E. You know, like so that. that but that stuff. was a man making a mistake. That wasn't. That wasn't the show making a mistake. I don't know. Yes, it has its moments of dumbness. I think yes. all all shows get a little stupid and go off the rails a bit, uh, unless you're talking about like the just the best shows the cream ever crop, made. Yeah. Uh, it, but it also has its moments of glory, and I think there that that more than balances out the the parts that I don't like mm-hmm. so far. Okay. Liz G said, I expected a finale that wrapped up the storyline. Frank would either be in or out of office. I watched The Good Wife and the creators and writers, who are a husband and wife team, are leaving the show. They always knew that they wanted to do seven seasons if they could. Originally, CBS was going to continue the show with other writers uh, to take over. I was very happy when CBS decided to end the show instead. The creators have told their story and are ending it as they choose. It was a great run while it lasted and resulted in only a handful of dud episodes over seven seasons of TV. Knowing that Willimon's leaving House of Cards, I expected a conclusion to his storytelling this season. Not getting it makes me think Netflix is stretching out House of Cards without the creator. I did read that Willimon has quote-unquote other projects that he'll be working on. 
And while I enjoyed season four and will watch House of Cards next season, I hope the end is in sight. The show is close to being on too long. Frank needs to suffer for all the bad he has done. Frank and Claire need to be brought down and humbled. Yeah, here's the thing. I never got that moment where I could be blissfully ignorant of a season five um, without Willimon because I saw the the news of, about that hand in hand. Yeah, I wonder. So, like, I didn't have that moment where I could be like, maybe he'll maybe he'll wrap it up this season. Yeah, just never happened. Which occurred. hurt the assassination plot line. But Ned, I wonder mm. if it's a positive because how much do you think we'd get our bitch on? Even though I think it wouldn't have changed our relative enjoyment of the season. But you think we'd have gotten our bitch on if we were expecting this to be the final season, just like last season, and we get to the end, and this breaking the fourth wall seems Maybe. a lot more gratuitous and bullshitty than since we already knew the fifth season was coming. It's like, well, of course they're doing this way. Yeah, they don't need to end it. Whereas we might have been expecting an ending. And then not in like, God, how are they going to wrap this up? Oh, this is going to be a crazy episode, which it was, but not as crazy. Expectations are the things that kill you, man. It's true. It's true. Uh, so I guess I'm glad that even though I complained when the assassination storyline was happening, because there's no real tension there. You knew not only did it get renewed, yeah. but that uh, Kevin Spacey got renewed as well. Mm-hmm. All in all, I'm kind of glad because it let me relax and just enjoy the story for what it was rather than what I was expecting it to be. Sure. Uh, Liz continues to ponder, do you think that Frank thought that Doug was going to an AA meeting when he's going off to meet with the lizard lady? Or the liver lady. Oh. He's the lizard man. She's the lizard liver lady. Yeah, I think Doug might be past his AA days. Well, so what do you think he's... So if the president knew that he's had this relationship with the liver lady, there's no fucking way he'd approve of it. Of course not. And I also thought that was... This this is something that Liz brought to my forefront that I actually had not really thought about, which is I thought it was kind of out of character for Doug to beg off seeing someone getting their throat slit and their head cut off. He wants to be with a liver. Huh. Now, that's something we also didn't talk about. He, so he obviously wants to be with a liver lady, but has he seen is – his, is his stomach full of blood and death? <laughs> is his stomach full of blood and has, death? Has he had his fill? Oh, oh. Uh that's a good question. What have I seen of Stamper? Stamper's gotten... He's got people fighting back against him. Pushing back. He's being pushed away from Frank a bit. While you're pondering that, the other thing I wanted to Maybe. throw out there know. is it's my understanding of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous branch of that uh, of dealing with alcoholism that you never really graduate from meetings. You might not go right. as many times, but you're going to go at least like a once a month type of thing. Right, because according to them, you're never not an alcoholic. Well, not only that, but it's your, as a someone that's clean and sober, it's your responsibility to be a mentor and to sponsor other people and to right. be this, you know, it's like if you just bail as soon as you're healthy, then what the fuck? You, you're not paying back, and that's part of the, mm-hmm. the process. So I don't think it's true that Stamper, that, that Frank would be cool with him just not going to AA meetings. So you think he's using that as an excuse to go off and see Liver Lady? I'm saying that I like Liz G's suggestion of same. Okay. I'm not saying I would think that, but I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm giving a, a nodding approval of her a suggestion here. Uh, she also says about to, to, to be clear, I think Stamper would get his hands dirty. He just hasn't much had much reason to lately. I don't think he's had his fill. I think he would still do it. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's still willing to th- cover someone's mouth with a cup. Right. But. 
I don't know where his break. That was more like is, his job yeah. was on the line. Yeah. Like Seth is is uh disregarding the things Stamper's sure. telling him. Yeah, I, I don't angry. know how far he goes to f- protect Frank now. I mean I think he's still in. I think he's still loyal. Yeah, I mean like if you say that Rachel is his like, you know, Anakin to Darth Vader moment. Darth Vader still threw Palpatine off the, you know, right. <laughs> down the reactor core. <laughs> sure, I'm not saying they couldn't get there, but right now I think he's still loyal. Frank asked him to kill the liver lady. I need, <laughs> I need her liver, Doug. <laughs> he just takes that whole family's livers, all of them, every single one down the line. I have this entire family frozen. I might Actually, need the livers. He later. doesn't even have that guy's liver. He's got a different liver. What? This guy just died for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're right. So I fucked up the whole plot. Extra brutal. Uh, She meant she dropped some signs about Michael Kelly, the guy who plays Doug Stamper. We talked a bit about this last episode. Uh, I also heard him interviewed on an on the media podcast. Uh, He mentioned that his real kids played his niece and nephew in season three when his brother on the show came to help Stamper when he's released from the hospital. That's kind of a cool touch. And she said that he seemed relaxed and very entertaining during the interview, which is what I my takeaway was from it as well. Alex M. Hey, guys, I was bored at work, and I surfed around the DC Craigslist personals, and I came across an interesting entry. Oh, Jesus. See below. Uh, this is the ad. Came across or created? Uh, you know, column A, column B. <laughs> uh, did he get, has he got the facts wrong, but the story right? I'll let you decide. Can we link this one in the show notes? Nope. Can you describe cut, it? Cut, cut, cut and paste. Uh, it's Dom Dom Poly Couple Seeking Third. My high-pressure job takes a lot out of me, and my wife has been left unfulfilled as of late. Arrangements will mostly be for her, but I reserve the right for the occasional threechum. We enjoy quiet morning <laughs> coffee, current events, casual handheld gaming, artistic literary types preferred, experience dealing with liver patients, a huge plus. Must be okay with occasional womb withering, sob fucking, and murder. Email prez at whitehouse.gov for meeting. <laughs> Surprisingly indiscreet. Yeah, prez at whitehouse.gov. Operation. Uh, It'd be like, more like uh, the wood at citadel.edu or something. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Lumberman. Uh, okay, Under Lumber. That's, 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 that'd be a pretty cool. Under Lumber. I bet that's his Call of Duty screen name, Under Lumber. <laughs> uh-huh. F Under Lumber. <laughs> um, April, May, and June. All three. That'd be a cool name. It's like all months and it's plausible first, middle, and last name. Mm. I finished binging this Saturday, but I haven't been able to get this question out of my mind. Did I understand correctly that the Underwoods are planning on causing terrorism that happened at the end of this episode to delay the election and buy themselves more time in order to win at a later date? No. They're just trying to turn public opinion uh, in the three weeks that they have. She said we need to create time. You're right. What if he says, oh, I what? need to postpone the election to fight a war? Come, no, come on. Th- this is the thing I don't buy. Like, So, I forget I forget the name, who it was that hates this season, hates the show, thinks it's stupid. Uh, says, Dances with Wookiees. Yeah, Dance with Wookiees says, go ahead and make Frank Emperor. I, I think you can make yourself Emperor behind the scenes. And you can force the American people into a lot of things. I think once you subvert elections, like 
just not having an election. That's the line between democracy and despotism, right? Absolutely. It, uh, it's it's way too obvious and public of a thing for people to ever stand for <laughs> not having an election at all. That's my only problem with this plot is like this scandal is so huge. I think that the war doesn't bury it. It just makes people say you're trying to bury this by going to war. Maybe. Yeah. But on the other hand, you're like how, like, especially so, as it spins out and gets bigger, I don't, but they cut a dude's head off on television. Like, yeah, we know that the, uh, the, 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 the president didn't engineer that. And I don't think a lot of people would be crucified for suggesting he did. Okay. So, now I'm back to like I just man who knows. I mean, how fighting this wars out. is not an excuse to not have an election. Sure. Like, do we have elections during World War II? I'm honestly I, asking. I, I think we did. I don't yeah. know. Like that that last. I mean, we think... we had an election during the most recent wars. We've had several of them. Yeah. Like that's not an excuse to not. That's not an excuse to just completely subvert the the political machine that is the, the U.S. elections. You can't do that. Agreed. Um. I want to say those there's are, no I, way they'll do that. There's no way they'll go there. Didn't Lincoln postpone the elections during this? Like, like that's a good question. War? Although that makes more sense in a civil war, right? Because that's the country fighting itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, do we let the the Southern states have seceded? Do we let them vote? <laughs> <laughs> right. And and who's really going to win this vote if we have it anyway? <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle. Of, yeah, we're at the middle civil war, and then the southern guy wins. Uh huh. Fuck. <laughs> um, I don't know about. I do know that that Lincoln did a lot of uh, pretty shady shit during wartime to to win. Maybe, maybe to, it to, happened to save the union. Uh-huh. Uh, I I don't know if that was one of them. I don't know if the election's ever been delayed for this kind of reason in America. You are right, though. Claire does say let's create time, and I don't know if she literally means that or figuratively. Uh, I I don't know. That's a yeah. real good question. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Ditton says we are getting closer and closer to Frank just pushing the nuclear button. Come on, Netflix, don't hold back on me. We need to see Fallout before all this is said and done. <laughs> I kind of agree. If he starts building a vault, Vault One Hundred One, I'm going to be like, nope, nope. The thing is, here's the thing about this. Game over. I've always struggled with this question. Why is Frank does Frank want to be president? Because mm. if you're saying it's to acquire power, to what end? Like if you want to be president, it's either to to get power for its own sake, but w- I mean, he wants a legacy, and I don't know that anything he's done yet has secured yeah, that like, legacy. Yeah, like what is the Frank Underwood president stood for? They've tried to do yeah. a lot of things, yeah. but they they education reform, no, gun control, no. America works. America works. No. Like what is he passionate about? What does he think is wrong with America that he's wanting to fix? Or is this just power for power's sake? In which case, yeah. there's a lot easier ways to get power without being the goddamn president. I mean, what, like I said, what he wants is legacy. And I don't know that you need to necessarily see anything wrong to that you want to change. But you do need to make a change, and I don't feel like and you got to be remembered as, as not a kleptocracy either. Like you can't just right. That's not the legacy he wants no. as a, a murderous, uh, war mongering. Mo- yeah, you don't want that legacy. No, uh, at least I don't think he wants it. He wants something that he will be proud of. Yeah, I mean, uh, if this and that America will remember him as a visionary for, and like all these things. It, it hasn't seems had time like yet. the Frank Underwood is going like the the fictional Frank Underwood would be without a doubt the worst president in U.S. history. Oof, I would think so. Yeah, because not only has he done terrible things, but he hasn't done them for any end. The means can't justify the end because there is no end. Yeah, 
So, I don't know. I mean, we've had a lot of do-nothing presidents and terrible presidents and great presidents. I feel like that he would be at the bottom of the heap. Do you think that's an interesting angle for season five? Like, Frank wins the election, and now he's got four years to make his mark. What is that mark going to be? Well, but except for he's finally in the position he needs to be to make his mark, but he's brought down by all of his past sins. That's, that's right. got to be the, the storyline, right? Yeah. I just don't see be. how he can get away with this. The, the connections are all there for and Hammer And he is going to gonna leave his legacy, but it's not going to be the one he wants. Now, they did mention, like, if, if Frank Underwood finds out about the story before we've got all of her details down, that they will start burying it. I know they mentioned that a couple episodes ago. He thinks he's got the real story. Mm-hmm. There's still room for Frank to go around and make sure these bodies are buried. So the second stage mm. of that, I guess that might be some of the drama. The second stage of this investigation might not separate and blow up in the upper atmosphere. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I don't know, man. My faith is in Hammer. Yeah. Uh, Jared says, I want to pose a crackpot theory. You guys have talked about all the Paper Tiger adversaries of the Underwoods, but in the final season, I think that Francis and Claire will get elected to the office as president and vice president. Mm-hmm. The closing scene will be them sitting in a White House drinking whiskey. Oh, that's that's too bougie for them. It'd be at least scotch. They'd smoke a cigarette. And some cigar. Yeah. Uh, Frank will drop to the floor with Claire standing over him. She poisoned his drink so that she could become president and will make it look like an accident with his liver. Uh-huh. The ultimate Francis adversary, another Underwood. I like my crack pet theory better. She would just replace his medicine with sweet tarts or something. And... You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, it's my theory. Right. I advance it for the sake of its own advancement. I don't have any end. It just, you know, I want my legacy to be that I correctly <laughs> called the liver pill scandal. As I recall, Frank is not drinking right now, yeah? Surely not. Right. He turn- Well, I think he specifically turns down a beer with Conway and, like, I don't know whether he just doesn't want to drink with Conway uh, or whether he's not drinking at all, but I no, can't I, imagine I, he's if drinking. You've got a liver transplant. He's not insane. And all this medication. Yeah, it's be stupid. I've never seen him really overindulge in alcohol, period. His one vice seems to be. Uh, well, there was that night in the with his old oh, college buddy. Yes, he overindulged oh, yes. for sure. <laughs> yes, but I'm saying like his vices but seem yeah, to be yeah. smoking and uh-huh. and uh, accumulation of power to for its own end. That's it. Yeah, playing video. That's enough. I Even think. the video games have gone by the wayside. Yeah, and that wasn't a vice. He did that in his spare time. He had fun. How him relax? How wild would it be if? We found out an American president plays online multiplayer games, and he's actually really good at it. But mm-hmm. no one, for security reasons, no one can ever know his user gamer tag. That'd be awesome. It'd be because I've heard like one of the things about Obama is he's like a surprisingly good basketball player, huh, okay. and he plays like pickup games at the White House and whatnot. Um, like Bush was a surprisingly good athlete. Um, all right. I think most of these guys are like athletes in college too. So it's like that's what that's like next generation. Like you might have like a guy who's like an MLG level player, and that's what he does to blow off steam. Uh-huh. And he's, he's like StarCraft he's, three or whatever. He's running around as you know, POTUS number one. Who am I kidding? On it'll Xbox be it'll be Live. League of Legends two <laughs> or Dota three. Uh, Nobody's sure. playing StarCraft anymore. Sure. Well, you know, StarCraft five will come out by then. Uh, anyway, uh, Underwood from Philadelphia. I think he's uh, named after the show's namesake. Uh, one thing I would have changed is to have Claire also say something during Frank's last talking directly to the camera moment. Mm. She does look at him, so it seems like she knows what's happening, but it would have been cool to see Claire join in on that, too. I, As I was watching in real time, I, I was kind of like, is she going to say something? Is she going to say something? I feel like the way they did it was perfect. She looked at us, but she didn't say anything yet. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I already kind of gave my opinion on this. I, I don't, I, I do think that she was actually joining him in that fourth wall breakage, and I didn't need a, a line from her. Jeff wonders if there is there any moment in the series where Claire is around Frank while he is breaking the fourth wall. I think it would be cool to think that she had been aware of us the whole time, just letting Frank do his thing and speak to us, and just huh. now decided to make it a point that she knew we were there the whole time. That's a cool interpretation. I don't know that it's support. I'm not going to go back and look at all the episodes to see if she ever seemed aware of Do, it. But I wonder if there's a supercut of Frank breaking the fourth wall because hmm. that might tell you. That could be. Um, I, but regardless, I think it's a cool interpretation, even yeah. if there is no direct text to support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flukes from Calgary uh, says, "Guys, guys, the new Threechum is clearly called tri- the Triumphriate. Triumphriate." Yeah, like the triumvirate from the uh, Julius Caesar times. Yeah, I don't get Triumphry it. Triumphriate. Sorry, I know okay. nothing about that time period. Didn't you, I thought you did the hardcore history fall of the Republic? I did, but I don't remember that part. <laughs> the, 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 sh- All right. All I right. remember a lot of political backstabbing. Someone zoned out in the only good episode he had in that series. Man, it's a 16-hour <laughs> marathon. What do you expect? Uh, Drew from our own hold. Own... I might, is that in the last one? Because I might not even have gotten to the last one. And that's the only, in my opinion, that's the only one that's worth listening to. Like, right. I honestly, right. like, I know I think he I has, petered out on that series. I know he consistently has a, he said he has a problem with not knowing where to begin these stories. Uh-huh. And when you're in, and also, like, I felt like he was hyper aware of people like, oh, he says this is the fall of the Republic, but he completely ignored the hundred years to let, and he's like, fuck you, I'm going to give you all the history of the end of the Republic. But honestly, you know, I felt like he could have done well to to concentrate on the stuff of Julius Caesar and and uh, uh, his compatriots, Mark Antony and Cleopatra, all the, the really famous shit. Ricky Martin. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew from our old hometown of Indianapolis said, damn, what an ending. Awesome season. Can't wait to see wartime Frank and Claire. Uh, as an aside, want to say uh, – that to Jim and Aaron, that the three episode podcast was perfect for the Netflix format. I liked watching the three episode chunks instead of just binging like I do for other Netflix shows. Are you thinking of doing the three episode podcast or Orange is the New Black or other Netflix shows? This guy mentioned anything about having listened to our previous seasons of House of Cards because I'm wondering if he has like well, I know the that single episode versus three episode perspective and is choosing three over. One. I think so, because Drew's been around for a while. Okay. Isn't Drew... Didn't we meet him at uh, one of the Walker Stalker cons? <sighs> Man, we meet so many people at those things. But I, I know I, there's one guy I know from Indianapolis, and I thought this... I've always thought on oh, the Oh, yeah. We went guy. to um, uh, I don't know the, if the bar with him. I, I don't think. know if it's Drew or... And then, well, I know he was from Indianapolis. Sure. For sure. There's lots of people from Indianapolis. Anyway. Not, not that I've met in person. Regardless, I think he's been around at least since last year. Um, okay. And so I'm just going to... And I also... There's other people that mentioned as an aside, too. I just want to read one of representative. It seems like mm-hmm. this was at least... And I know, there's always going to be people that that want this, the full episode-by-episode coverage. And I will say that yeah. I think what gets lost is some of the jokes. Like, if we had done this the whole time, I don't know that we ever come up with the Meacham. I don't think we ever make yeah. fun of... the ter- of. of it's not, of Kevin it's not the Meacham. Uh, the Freecham. the Meacham. That's just his name, man. That's so famous now. It's just the Meacham. <laughs> Uh, I, I know we wouldn't have made fun of like Frank's terrible baseball throw. Uh-huh. Uh, there'd have been a lot of things that we wouldn't have had as much fun with, but it does feel like the pacing, this is almost how this show needs to be paced. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, 
I don't, I, I wonder what a four episode chunk looks like. I don't know because I do get the feeling that maybe Netflix was going for that. Because I, I my modification to Orange and the New Black last year is I did two a week, which ended about six or seven weeks. But if you know from an interest and traffic standpoint, it does seem like there's a huge fall off at the three even even at the three week time. Yeah. So banging this out in two weeks and doing it in big chunks feels like it's kind of lined up with people's viewing habits. I thought it was as comfort I a comfortable a pace that as we could have maintained through the busy stretch that we're in mm-hmm. um i don't I'm, i don't know i'm thinking about doing it for i mean obviously we're doing episode by episode for daredevil starting today mm-hmm. um but i'm thinking i'm really strongly thinking about doing that for orange is a new cast it'd be a lot less um wrangling of people for you too like a lot less logistical overhead well not only trying yeah, to get four sure. episodes as opposed to and and two 13. a week two a week where this is you yeah. know i i still probably do two a week but it would be uh, the other thing is I, I feel like it's a lot easier to just consolidate stuff. It saves time because when you're doing episode by episode, you're like, oh, I wonder if this, I wonder if that, I wonder if this, whereas yeah. now you're only really wondering in big kind of arc things because a lot of the episode to episode stuff just washes out. Yeah. So, you know, obviously our, our podcasts weren't three hours long. Last year we were doing hour, hour and a half episodes per, so there's mm-hmm. time savings there too. Anyway, uh, we reserve the right to do whatever the hell we want, anytime we want. Uh, <laughs> uh, the audience can advise and consent. But I was happy with the way this went, and I was glad that I didn't see any real strong grumblings about, uh, you know, we think this sucks. Yeah. Because uh, it was kind of the mother of necessity, but I thought it was a pretty good invention. Uh, that's all we got. Uh, if you want to give feedback, I would strongly recommend going to forums.baldmove.com because it's going to be another year before we get around to the email feedback. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I think I was on the fence about whether we would do a fifth season. I can't imagine not doing a fifth season now. Right. Finish out the series, and this one was good enough sure. to justify it. I'm all in on season five. I am reserving the right to tell them to go fuck themselves if there's a season six. Okay. That's with, fair. With no Kevin Spacey <laughs> or Robin Wright, like I, you know, I, I this isn't a death. This isn't a, a death pact. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a to, till death to his part moment. But but yeah, I'm I'm definitely in on season five. But until then, I'm your host Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.